Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hi, friends. Welcome to Praying for America. Well, I do want to pray with you tonight. I want to pray for you tonight. Uh, and also, I want to apologize for the technical glitch, apparently, that we had last night when I showed you the sermon from uh, the National Prayer Service that we just had on Friday morning. So I'm going to show you that sermon again, this time with the sound, so that you can hear the message that I delivered to uh, the crowd that came from across the country to participate in the March for Life. So that's what we'll do uh, this evening. I'll make a, a couple of uh, additional comments first. But I want to go to uh, one of my favorite chapters in Scripture, John chapter 8. Jesus is arguing uh, with those who do not believe in him. And uh, let's pick up on verse 31 of John 8 and, and listen what he says. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus said, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, then you would love me. For I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason that you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Let us pray. Father, we want to belong to you, and we do belong to you. Root us, O Lord, in the truth. Let the truth set us free. Let the truth set our nation free. Lord, we ask you for the strength to constantly stand against the lies of the devil and his servants, of the unbelievers, of the radical woke culture that wants to lie to our children, 
about what is right and what is wrong, wants to lie to our children about the greatness of America and our history, wants to lie to our children about the nature of humanity and the family, wants to lie to our children about the youngest children, the children in the womb. Lord, root us in truth, shield us with truth, enable us to both speak and live your truth. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, this this passage from John chapter 8 really gives us a deep and clear sense of the spiritual battle that is underneath the various political battles in our nation really gives us a clear sense of the uh, nature of the enemy constantly, constantly creating lies, but lies for a purpose, that in in order to take life. Notice Jesus connects these two characteristics of the devil in the same breath, liar and murderer. The murder we see going on, and that which takes more human life than anything else is abortion, it would not happen without lies. It's constantly cloaked in lies. The lie that it's not a baby, the lie that it's somehow good for the mother, the lie that abortion is only a personal private choice. We see exactly the opposite played out every time we look at the multifaceted, multi-relational, multi-generational damage that abortion does. We see it clearly spelled out. It's not personal, private. It's public and widespread in its, in its effects. Even though the person doing it thinks that it's just affecting them, it's affecting the other parent of the child, the, the dad. It's affecting the grandparents. It's affecting the siblings. It's affecting the friends. It's affecting the abortionists. It's affecting the whole of society. And this is just one, one example of how the lies and the murder, the works of the devil, proceed. Notice Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to the Father precisely because he is truth and life. He's the truth that undoes the lies of the devil, and he's the life which undoes the murder. See, Jesus says again in John chapter 8, the devil is a liar and a murderer. Now, in the first letter of John, it says Jesus Christ came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. So if the works of the devil are lies and murder, Jesus is truth and life. This truth destroys the lies. Life destroys the murder, and that's why he's the way to the Father. Well, the other day, Friday the 20th, when we had the March for Life in Washington, uh, as I told you last night, I was privileged to lead and preach at the prayer service that we have in Constitution Hall, a beautiful venue, as you'll see. And we were joined by clergy of various different uh, denominations. You'll notice in the front row there, uh, many of you I'm sure are familiar with Pastor Paula White, who has been a spiritual counselor to uh, President Trump. Uh, and uh, involved in the various faith initiatives that uh, occurred uh, during the president's administration. She was there uh, together with her husband, Jonathan uh, Kane, of the music group Journey, by the way. 
And uh, they and many other clergy from different denominations were there. Pioneers of the Pregnancy Center movement were there. We honored them uh, for their work in, uh, in pioneering that, uh, that great aspect of our movement. And so now, let me share with you again, uh, with audio this time, the sermon that I gave this past Friday. I know it will be uh, an encouragement uh, for you. And to introduce our deliverer of the sermon will be pro-life leader, Frank Pavone. He's one of the most prominent leaders in the world, originally from New York. He was ordained a Roman Catholic priest in 1988 by Cardinal John O'Connor and has dedicated his entire life and ministry to ending abortion. In 1993, he requested and received permission to serve as National Director of Priests for Life, which under his leadership has become the largest Catholic organization focused on ending abortion. He is also the president of the National Pro-Life Religious Council, the National Pastor Director of Silent More Awareness Campaign, also of Rachel's Vineyard, the world's largest ministry of healing after abortion. He travels throughout the country to an average of four states every week, preaching and teaching against abortion. He broadcasts daily to hundreds of thousands of people via his television, radio, and online programs. And over the past three decades, he has achieved many notable pro-life accomplishments. For example, Mother Teresa asked him to speak in India on life issues. The Vatican appointed him to the Pontifical Academy for Life and to the Pontifical Council for the Family to help coordinate the pro-life activities of the Catholic Church. He was president at the bedside of Terry Scheibel as she was dying and was an outspoken advocate for pro-life. Members of Congress had invited him to address the pro-life caucus and to preach at the prayer service of members of Congress. And also he's been in the Capitol doing also those prayer services. And he did that just prior to the vote on the health care reform. He served as the pro-life uh, uh, Catholic advisor to both President Trump's election campaign and in 2020 was the national co-chair of Pro-Life Voices for Trump. He currently serves as the former President Trump's National Faith Advisory Board and he received the Proudly Pro-Life Award by the National Rights to Life Committee and numerous other pro-life awards and honorary doctorates. He's the author of four books, Ending Abortion, Not Just Fighting It, Pro-Life Reflections for Every Day, and of course, uh, Abolishing a abortion and um, and proclaiming the message of life. Uh, the catalog of Norma McCorvey, the Jane Roe of the Roe v. Wade decision, said that he was the catalyst that brought her into the Catholic Church. His efforts have been recognized as a key factor in the reversal of Roe v. Wade. His work has been praised by presidents, popes, and countless citizens. Some church leaders have tried to cancel him and in 2022, he convinced Pope Francis to dismiss, to dismiss him from the priesthood. He continues, however, in his full-time pro-life leadership role with the unanimous support of the ministries he leads and his pro-life colleagues. And meanwhile, he is working within the church to have his priesthood fully reinstated. And I have known him for 34 years. I now thank you, Father Frank Praise the Lord.
Praise the Lord. Today we march. Today we march and we are undeterred because this movement is winning. Brothers and sisters, note well what the readings have told us about who it is that convenes this movement and gives us our charge to proclaim the gospel of life. The gospel of life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hear from all different realms and, and, and parts of the body of Christ are united in a proclamation to this world that Jesus Christ is Lord. We are united in the proclamation that because He is Lord, only He decides who lives and who dies. If he is Lord, a mother is not Lord over her child, nor is a father, nor is a doctor, nor is a Supreme Court, nor is a president or a governor or a member of Congress or a king or a queen or any human authority. Notice well. Who gives us our charge? Paul says to Timothy that he must proclaim the gospel in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. In other words, when we stand before the judgment seat of God, he's not going to judge us based on the courage that he gave to someone else or the courage he didn't give to someone else. He's going to judge you based on what he gave to you. He's going to say, did I give you an understanding? Did I give you an insight? Did I give you a passion for justice? Did I give you an opportunity? Don't worry about the other person or anybody else that I'm going to judge. What did I give to you? And when he gives us the understanding and he gives us the passion and he gives us the opportunity to stand up for our youngest brothers and sisters, that is how he is going to judge us. Did we do it? And did we do it faithfully? Today we come together and we do it faithfully again. Also keeping in mind that great commission that we heard just now in the gospel reading, it is he who stood before those disciples and said, all authority has been given to me, go therefore. And notice what he said, teach them to carry out everything I have commanded you. Among the things he has commanded us is that there will be no shedding of innocent blood. Now, brothers and sisters, when he gave freedom to his people in the days of old and led them through the Red Sea and rescued them from slavery, that was not the end of the struggle. They went into the desert and then, having crossed the Red Sea, they had another river to cross, the Jordan. And you'll remember what scripture says, that they sent men in to explore this promised land. 
Where is God leading us? What land is he going to give us? And so they went in to explore the land. And when they came back to report to Moses and the people, there was a majority report and a minority. And the majority of them said, no, 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 no. We can't do it. There are giants in that land. We felt like grasshoppers and so must we have seemed to them. We can't do it. But Caleb and Joshua, they had another report. They said, the Lord is with us. They understood who gave them the charge. They understood what authority they were standing on. They understood how they were going to be judged. The Lord is sending us in there. The Lord is giving us this land. If the Lord is giving us this land, no power can stand against us. Let us go. And so they went. But notice, brothers and sisters, because of the hesitation, because of the doubt of so many of the people, because as we read in Exodus, the grumbling of the people, we are disgusted with this wretched food in the desert. Where is the water to drink? They didn't trust God. At a certain point in the journey, they even said, let's form a delegation and go back to Egypt. Isn't that the way it is for us in the Christian life? We're following some challenging commands in the gospel. And sometimes it seems like the life of sin and unbelief and the ways of the world are easier. Let us go back, back into slavery, back into the darkness. It's a constant temptation for the people of God. Because the people doubted, God let them wander for 40 years. It could have been a two and a half week journey. He let them wander for 40 years instead. And he said, you will not enter the land. Your descendants will. And Caleb and Joshua. Joshua led them across that Jordan River. Brothers and sisters, we're in the same situation. We do not stand today before the power of Planned Parenthood and scratch our heads wondering if we can overcome them. No, we don't have a moment's doubt. We stand before them and we say you and your power of death and your power of deception, you have already been overcome in Jesus Christ. We stand before all the rest of the abortion industry and the National Abortion Federation and all these people who are making their living killing babies and we say the same thing to them. You have already been overcome. We stand before the forces in government. We've got a whole political party that has become the abortion party. It's the Democrat Party. And we stand before them. And we stand before the Biden administration. And we say, your power of death and deception and insanity has already been overcome by the way, the truth, and the life. We're living 
We're living under a regime that is trying to take us back to a land that our founding fathers brought us out of under the inspiration of the word of God and the spirit of Christ out of tyranny. They're trying to lead us back to tyranny and we're standing up today. We're standing up in this march and we're saying no, we are people of freedom. We are people of freedom. We, as people of freedom, have said to the Supreme Court for 50 years, you are not going to impose on us a policy on abortion. We will decide. We will protect our children. You will not impose on us a regime of abortion. They did under Roe v. Wade, and we have gained freedom again. We are the people of freedom, we are the people of life, we are the people of truth. Truth that it rests in God and is manifested in not only in God's word, in his commands and the grace of his spirit, truth that's reflected in creation itself. And we have deniers of truth in this tyrannical regime that is trying to take control of America and they're trying to, and they have gone so far as to get us to the point where we can't even say a man is a man or a woman is a woman. Brothers and sisters, maybe the reason today that we can't say a man is a man or a woman is a woman is that for 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby. This must stop. We're so grateful that Alveda is here and we've discussed many times how our uncle ML said to the civil rights movement we're not going to let any injunctions turn us around dogs turn us around we're not going to let the water hoses turn us around and so today we say we're not going to let Planned Parenthood turn us around we're not going to let the abortion industry turn us around we're not going to let the Democrat Party turn us around we're not going to let the biased media turn us around we're not going to let anyone turn us around in this movement And friends, I want to call you today to an absolute commitment to our unborn brothers and sisters in obedience to the Christ who gives us this commission and who will judge the living and the dead. Many in many professions suffer persecution from their employers. They suffer the loss of their jobs. How many teachers have lost their jobs because they stood up for truth in the classroom? They stood up for the unborn. How many people in all professions have lost their jobs because they refused to submit to tyranny when someone told them they had to have a vaccine in order to continue their employment? 
How many people have stood up for freedom and they have said, yes, if it means my job will be taken away, if it means my, my, my salary will be taken away, if it means my popularity, my position will be taken away, I have a higher loyalty. I'm standing with truth. I'm standing with Christ. I'm standing with life. Teachers and coaches and media personalities and military personnel and, and, and construction workers and people in every profession have lost their jobs and even priests have lost their jobs for standing for the truth. We will not be deterred. And so, and so, in the unity of the body of Christ, let the message go forth from this hall today. We will not stand by while our unborn brothers and sisters are killed. We will not stand by idly while truth is distorted and trampled underfoot. We will not stand idly by when people try to reduce us to cowardice and silence. We will march forth. This movement will win. We will gain protection for our unborn brothers and sisters. And we will save America and bring this country back to the founding principles which we inherited from those founders who were also believers in Christ. Let us march with this in mind today. Let us march knowing that we're not just working for victory. We are working from victory. Victory is our starting point. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, he is with us, he is speaking through us, he is uniting us, he is marching with us, he is working through us as the Lord of life to save life and to bring us to his entire victory of life. Let us march then and let us proclaim him to all the world. Jesus Christ is Lord. God bless you. Well, friends, thank you. Please share that video. And uh, you might want to, if you're coming to, coming to the March for Life next year, mark on your calendars uh, for uh, Friday, the, uh, the 20th of January. Uh, we will again do that service there in Constitution Hall. So let's pray now. Lord, we ask you to bless the, the prayer intentions uh, that are being left in the comments by, by our viewers. Give them good health. Give them wisdom and discernment. Uh, give them uh, uh, guidance and give them uh, humility in, in the midst of success and give them consolation in the midst of sorrow and enable them always to serve you more effectively and experience your holiness more deeply. We pray now in the words our Savior taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Friends, be sure you're connected with me on social media, FR Frank Pavone, on all the major platforms. And uh, spread the word about our program. We'll be with you again tomorrow. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. 
To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.